Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here with my mum in Clapham. Hi, darling. Hi, mum. I saw you about 12 hours ago. Yeah. We had an the mood before. wasn't as good as it is today. Okay, because you were backseat driving. Darling, I needed to be. No. Because Chelsea were playing at home, we got stuck in the worst traffic, going to probably a place that we might never go to again. Yeah, the most horrendous soft play I've ever been to in my life. I mean, the kids had a great time. Yeah, they did. But I... There were was, hundreds of people there. It was a lot. There were four birthday parties going on with at least 20 children in each booth. They had them in booths like this and it was run by teenagers. So today... Very excited. We've got a duo. Yeah. A family duo. Yeah, like us. Yeah. Who work together. Yeah. Who Let's talk are about stars within their own right, just like us, Mum. Yeah, um, We've so. got George and Larry Lamb coming on. Very excited. George Lamb, you remember him? from Big Brother um, being kind of a bit loud-mouthed and gorgeous uh, with salt and pepper hair. Very handsome. Yeah. Six music, uh, music kind of, he was pop culture. It was, um, and now he's gone into farming and an education. And then his dad, Larry Silver Fox. Gavin and Stacey. um, Actor that's been on Broadway, the West End. he was on Strictly. When? Christmas special. Oh, was he? I didn't watch it. So, um, yeah, we've got Larry and George coming on. They have a company, an initiative together called Wild Farmed, which I'll let them explain better. But it's a regenerative farming business. So, yeah, they are very, very busy. And apparently they're going to bring some bread today. Oh, wow. I'll get the butter out. What (laughs) what are you cooking today, Mum? It's tricky, isn't it? Lunchtime. So I've done... And it's cold. She says it's not cold. No, but it's cold I've out. done harissa lamb meatballs. Lovely. Sweet potato mash. Nice. I've done my chicory and onion salad, and you've done a green herb salad. Yeah. And I have the old panettone left over, oh, which I've not like eaten. that like a hole in the head. All right, don't eat it. Well, I can't not. So it's panettone bread and butter pudding, which I think everyone loves with a drop of cream. Gorgeous. Can't wait. George and Larry Lamb coming up on Table Manners. George and Larry Lamb are in our kitchen. George has just come in with so much bread. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's a lot of it. We're eating focaccia. Would you like a bit of focaccia, Larry? I like, yes. Very your son, well, your, yours, it's your focaccia. Bull of focaccia. Well, your flour. Focaccia. Um, <laughs> can I just say something? These are two of the best looking men we've ever had in oh. my kitchen. Oh. <laughs> and I just thought I'd put it out there. Um, thank you for being here. You're for having us. Thank um, you for having us. We were just asking whether you two fight, because we fight quite a lot. A um, lot. But women do fight a lot. Really? Oh, really? 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 great opening Larry, statement, yeah. Dad. Let's Carry go. On, let's yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, wow. no, it's quite interesting. The reason yeah. he's saying get this. over it. No, I think that's what men do. No. They get over it. Women we fester. Get, yeah, but in the end, you get over it. So anyway, give some context for why, I need to why, know there's a, why, why there's... you don't fight now. No, no, but I think mean, it's even better. I want, I want to give you the context okay. of why. So dad has lived a very uh, unconventional life. He's what currently do you mean? He's currently living with his ex-partner and her sister. And, and his and, youngest sister. And my youngest sister. Jesus. And so he's basically in a place where there's loads of women. But not and, your... Mother, not my mum. Okay, and and uh, and they're all <laughs> He's shaking and his head, and they're all having a, there's a, like a bit of a war going on at the moment in the house, basically, which is why he's like, which is why he's Larry, like women, women fight. Yeah. Got it. Partners. Mama, we no, that's not, really that's not, Lenny, that's not a question. No, 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 no. But what I'm we're trying to work out where everyone fits in. How, how, many, how many life? How many like life partners have you had? Yeah, life partners seven. Wow, honestly. Mm. Like a cat. You just need two more. No, no, no. I don't need two more. Nine knives. Yeah. uh, Anyway, carry on. No, I don't. Seven knives. Seven is enough and actually too many. But you've gone backwards now with ones you've been out with before. No, no, but but the thing is, fortunately, you know, there's two of them, three of them I've retained a really nice relationship with. It's best if you do, because the problem is, whether you like it or not, once you have children with somebody else, you're connected for life. Until the moment you die, you are connected. So the best thing to do is get yourself a great big white flag, put it up, (laughs) and live in a state of truce. Because otherwise, you drag your kids into war for the rest of their life. So you're so different from your persona on Gavin and Stacey. Really? Yeah. Really? He's pretty mild. He's mild. Yeah, but he's, he's mild. But you wouldn't imagine on Gavin's that he'd have lots of different partners. He's oh, oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no! Not him, Absolutely dear. Not. not him. No, he's he's standard Marks and Spencer's yeah, man. You know what I mean? Marks and Spencer's is great, by the way. Yeah, I mean, in terms of his, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Um, uh, so me a load of new stores. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It. is your flower and nuts and spencers. We love it. They're our main, they're our main yeah. partner. Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. Is Mick your character? Was he called Mick? That's him. He was. He would have worn Mick. a nice cashmere jumper from M and S. Yeah. I don't know whether he'd have got into cashmere no, yet. Nice merino wool. Little merino wool. Merino wool. So you're here. This is what we find. And obviously, we know of you both from different worlds of entertainment but now you're in farming and you're working together and I think you're going to explain it better than I did on the intro so please can you tell us about Wild Farmed? Yeah for context uh, I used to be a game show host and I'd fallen into television. How? Well how did you start? I was was managing bands actually I was managing DJs yeah and did that and that was really good fun. Who were you managing? I managed these guys called the Audio Bullies Oh yeah. and uh, so we did that for a few years 
and then did uh, you man- manage Lily Allen? And I managed for a Lily bit. Allen briefly just yeah. before she was right up until she was successful, actually. <laughs> and uh, and then I had a few years. Uh, then, I, then I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do with myself, and I got a job. I, I, I had a, I was renting a desk from a mate who had a TV company, and he got the tender to do E4 music, which is like MTV type mm. stuff, and they needed lots of VJs, and I knew about music, and I always had plenty to say for myself. So they said, "Do you want to come and uh, give it a well?" And I tried it and I liked it and so for a couple of years I was doing a bit of TV presenting whilst I was figuring out what I was going to do I knew I didn't want to be a band manager because it's a thankless task um, actually people say it's a pleasure managing yeah, me yeah, but I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure, yeah I'm sure yeah I did that for a bit and then I got a bit of a break I kind of followed in the vacuum of Russell Brand and I ended up getting a really good manager who was the main guy at that moment in in Britain and within kind of two years I'd gone from doing nothing to basically being quite successful. Did you enjoy it? And I enjoyed the kind of fame and the bright lights and all the money and all the rest of it uh, but it definitely wasn't making my heart sing. I'd set this kind of phantom uh, goal as primetime television and when I get to it I'll be happy. Finally got onto primetime, turns out it's no different, you earn a bit more money, you work at a different time of day rang dad uh, was lying in bed one morning sitting in my nice house with my nice car with all my nice stuff rang dad said dad I know this feels this sounds really bad but like I feel totally empty and I've got everything and everybody's telling me how much I'm smashing it and like I, I just it's not making my heart sing and he said well you know game show host not a very serious guy in the big scheme of things is he and so I was like wicked you could have told me that you know five years ago <laughs> Um, but anyway. And where were you at in your career at this point? You were just like, you were always working, you were doing... Yeah, I, you know, I, I was just very lucky and just basically worked. You did, you know? yeah, but for, well, you, worked, you worked all through the yeah. 80s. And then in the mid-90s, when he hit 50, like naturally when you hit 50, you have to take a step down the ladder, basically, anyway. Especially if you're not that far up the ladder <laughs> in the first and, place. And, no, but, it's, like, no, but that, like, that's how it works. And, then, and at the same time, reality TV came in. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of and, actors and, had a, a big problem yeah. when reality television yeah. started coming yeah. in because it was much cheaper well, to reduce reality, reality television. It saturated the market. With yeah, it did. And so TV. lots of stuff that would have been drama wasn't drama in the end. So I, like a lot of actors of mine, age felt it was like it was getting a bit tough so that was the first time I ever really had any kind of slowdown and then it all just picked up again and it all just rolled on that was it so after about eight years yeah that's what I'm saying Right, no, but it's not, but it's not like all you know, just smooth. Because it's interesting. You've had two kind of acts in your in yeah. your life, and uh, but he was definitely like he was rolling again by the time he was giving me the. You, you're not a very serious guy in the big scheme of things, chat. Anyway, I'm glad he did it, and yeah. I'm glad he gave me that because. I, I knew anyway, you know, you know everything, basically, you know all the answers, you know, but it's just whether or not you want to listen to them and, and accept them and face up to them. And so I knew I had to make a change, kind of decided to do it quite dramatically and renounce all worldly goods and get rid of my house and tell my agent I'm not coming back to do the next series and off I went. I mean, and just like... Did you eat Pray Love? Yeah, pretty much. Did you? Yeah, yeah. What's that? Yeah. Well, he went and found himself. Yeah, so I went off, had a whole well, kind of man search for meaning. Went off Twitter for, for and everything. Went off Twitter. I wasn't. I was barely on Twitter. Twitter was Twitter was just coming out actually. Uh, and uh, at this moment, this is like 2011, 2012. 
first big thing that's been was going on with the London riots were happening at that mm-hmm. point, and I was just like, "This isn't okay." There's two worlds going on, and most people have got nothing, and I've managed to wangle my bit into the you know the small set of people who've got everything. And basically, what became apparent is if I went into a room full of wealthy people, no one had ever seen me before because they don't watch television. And if I went into a room full of poor people, everybody knew everything about me. How you doing, Georgie? How's the old man? How's it going? He's on EastEnders. He's in Gavin and Stacey. I'm on Big Brother's Little Brother every day. Like everybody knows us. And you start to realise that actually game shows is distraction for poor people. And I don't want to be complicit in that, you know? So off I go, start trying to figure out who I'm going to be, what I'm going to do, om shanti om, you know, off in the jungle, drinking the medicine, doing whatever it is. Wasn't really finding what I was looking for, didn't find my guru, thought, fuck it, I'll go to Ibiza. So I went to Ibiza, walked into a nightclub, met this great big guy who's six foot ten, who was one half of Groove Armada and... and, uh, and I asked him what he was up to, and he said he just sold his publishing rights, and he bought a hundred hectare farm down in Gascony, and he's trying to figure out how you do wheat production properly. And so began this kind of ten-year spiral into what is now a regenerative food business, and we're in about three hundred stores around the country. We just partnered up with M&S. We're trialing with Nando's at the moment. We've we've uh, we've got about sixty farmers up and down the UK who farm with us now. And we're probably the biggest uh, collective of regenerative farmers in in the country, oh, maybe amazing. Europe. Yeah, I'm a George. Yeah. And do, does your heart sing a bit more? Definitely, now? definitely. I'm slightly more involved in the day to day business than I'd like to be. Um, Is that because it's still? He wants to be a farmer. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, have you yeah. got he's got to be a business executive. Why do you live in bloody <laughs> Dalston then? Yeah. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Where to are you going to choose to go? I don't know. Don't, don't, <laughs> I don't, know. So don't tell Jessie because she'll be saying, oh, can we move them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that. Gloucestershire, that looks yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, Too far. So do you get your wellies on and you go to the farm? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I did I did about two or three years of doing kind of busman's holidays. Every holiday I'd get, I'd be off to Andy's farm. His first farm, he's back farming in the UK now, but his first farm was in France. So I just go down to Gascony and, and just and spend the time. You know, you do the kind of like the easy job. So I do all the electric fences and moving the cattle around. And But yeah, there's just something I really, what I've realized actually, I don't, hope I'm not that complicated. Like I need to see the horizon, like not just metaphorically. Like I really yeah. need, to, I, I need to see it literally. And it just changes my whole state if I can see it. So... You don't miss telly? Not at all. At all. I miss doing radio. Uh, you were on I Six did, Music. Yeah, I think I, did, I came in yeah. as a backing singer for Jack Pinata really? okay, when okay. you were doing your right, right, Six right. Music show. So I, I yeah. used to do it with my best mate, and he's the funniest bloke I know, so we just sit. Who and, was your best mate? He's called Mark Hughes, a little fella, and we just sit and do the same shtick we've been doing for the previous 20 years on there, you know, and it was really good and people liked it. But again, same thing, I, you know, I, I hadn't really, at that point, I was kind of busy orbiting my own ego most of the time, so. So how did your dad get involved? Yeah. Just by being his son. Yeah. Well, no, being by being his dad. dad. <laughs> I get yeah. that muddled all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like being a supportive dad. And, you know, I'm basically a displaced country boy. Really? You, know, yeah, I, you I, don't I, sound I, like I, no, it. No, 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 I know. I know I don't. That's that's the secret. But no, like given given heart. given my chart, you know, given where my were you choice. Born now? Where, where were I was born you born in North London, Edmonton. But, you know, where I, I revert to, I revert to country boy in the sticks. You know, I have an old place in Normandy and as soon as I've got any time free, I'm gone. That's it. I'm, I'm just, I'm gone. So let's talk about growing up together. Were lots of holidays in Normandy? Did you yeah. go there? Did All you have the, the place? All the holidays in Normandy. And no how, other how holidays. Was that for you? Why huh? did it drive you potty? It was a house, we were all sort of, 
spending time in because it had become this big, this target to do up this property, mm. which was a bit of a wreck. In fact, it was a wreck, but a, a resurrectable wreck yeah. in a lovely place. And so that became my passion. That became the thing I was set on doing. And, you know, my, I, I wasn't always an actor. I had, a, I had a, a big old life before I was an actor. I worked in the oil business and I was working in America and Canada out doing work on pipelines and oil lines out in the middle of nowhere. So I kind of became a, a country boy out in America. And then when I came back here, found this old place in Normandy and that was it. I saw the potential for having like a camp in the country, you know, that would be, you know, that, that gradually, you know, that would become my, my place. And that's what it did. It just over the course of the first 20 years or so became my spiritual home and still is now, 35 years down the line. What is a childhood memory, a food memory from those trips to Normandy for you, George? We were allowed to go down into yeah. the creperie, basically. Yeah. There was a, I mean, it's a one-horse town where Dad was. It's like a famous it's old a half-horse half town. town. It's a famous oh. old cheese town. Um, and we used to go down, we used to walk down and go to this creperie and just eat, you know, like cheese and ham. It's what him and his mates could do. So when I took, you know, I'd go over there with like half a dozen really rowdy teenagers and, you know, and spend my time just like cooking, fixing, carrying, doing everything for them. And... The one thing they could do was walk down into the village and go to the creperie down there, and that was their was kind that the of one thing. Yeah, there were no discotheques. There wasn't anything else. It was a bit. I was by the time I was discotheking, I was I was I was out of there. Yeah. So where yeah. were you? You were born in London. Yeah, I was born in, in and brought in, up in where in Hammersmith on North End Road when I was a kid. Great market there. Still. Yeah, it used to yeah. be. Still yes. not bad, you know, fruit and veg. Yeah, not, but yeah, I know, but not, not like it was then, you know. No, I mean, it was a, not. I can remember a bit living in a flat above it and you'd look out and our place was thronged all week long, you know. You'd, like people between the line of stalls mm. and the buildings that I live in, you looked and you could just see a sea, sea of people down there all the time. It's not like that anymore. You know, the supermarkets have bashed them. That's the trouble. Do you still live around there? No. No, moved moved north years ago. So creperies. So yeah, so creperies. What, what else would we do? We used to go to we, like I remember loving going to the markets. I remember going. There used to be this big yeah, uh, market, big market. Saint Pierre Soudive, um, every Monday, and they had uh, they had in this like old style, like proper old kind of you know what, market would, that, what hall. would that be? Yeah, like a proper market big mar- hall market them. hall. So you know a covered market, but the the roof of the market was 40, 50 feet in the air. Yeah. So you're almost outdoors, indoors. And like with, 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 traditional, with, you know. With, you know, with all sorts of livestock in there, which is something you don't, you didn't really, I certainly you didn't see when see I was it growing anymore. up. It's all stopped now. It was, yeah. a, it was a traditional market and then the European regulations all changed. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't sell live animals there at all. So that was it. it the character of it changed. But that was, a, we, we, we would go there on a Monday morning and as a bit of, you know, a bit of local yeah. life. And, you know, thousands of people would be there. And it was a you know a really vibrant thing, and we'd stop. You know, they you would always go and get like sausage. They sold sort of sausages, grilled sausages yeah. in in baguettes. And has doing regenerative farming. Mm. It's really hard to say. It is. I know that's it's right. A bugger, isn't it? Yeah. Take off. Just Regen- quite as well just, as we'd hope. Just leave that gin alone <laughs> okay. for half an yeah. hour. Right? You'll be fine. Has it made you think about what you're eating? I think you still eat meat. 
and I rang home every night and sobbing and all the rest of it, you know. Like there was a queue, there used to be me, I think I went after Mark every night and then Rory went after me and you literally would hand this like wet hand, oh, uh, handset, you know, like on the, the payphone and you'd be like, oh, and you just bawling. But then all basically you hit puberty and you realise that you're in a holiday camp and, and there's girls everywhere and like and you've got all your mates around you and you can, you know, like you can get a game of, you can just walk into the sitting room be like, who wants to play football? And within five minutes, there's 25 guys outside playing football. Like, <coughs> how cool is that? Yeah. What you know? made you go to boarding school? Why did you decide? His mum, his mum and I were, were not for the idea at all, but we, you know, we, we, we wanted to get him somewhere where there was a bit of sort of, I suppose, a bit of character mm. to it, you mm. know? And the only way you could do that was to get into the private thing. I mean, it wasn't massively expensive. It was expensive enough because I wasn't earning a lot of money at the time. Um, but the, the, it was the ethos of this place, which was kind of like outward bound. It was that was vegetarian, and they all seemed to be a wonderful place for him to be. And, and we liked the idea of there being girls and boys in the same place as a residential school, and that they, and that they, kind of had a different sort of life there. And he was a single boy, which is another mm, thing, yeah, you know, yeah. because back and forth, but back and forth between a mum and a dad, doting mum, doting dad you become like the prince. Yes. That's it. So in the end, he began to get a little bit unbearable. So Still he had to ship him off. Yeah, 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 did, yeah. You, um, did you like the vegetarian food? No, it was terrible. <laughs> was it? It was terrible. <laughs> I used to sell hamburgers, actually, down at the smoker's yeah. corner. I bought yes. him a hibachi and he had a yeah. hamburger stand out the back of the school. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and, uh, did you get in trouble? No, I never got caught. Oh. Yeah, never got caught, but it, but it was uh, like there, there was like a tiny little pitch and putt golf course that backed onto the, the the smokers bit, and then my mate's house backed onto that. Who was a day pupil, so you could ju I just run like a hundred meters across the corner, of, you know, through the woods, and I could go and stash everything in his. So you've always been his, quite enterprising. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So did you go to university? No. No. So you left school, and what did you do as soon as you left school? So I was at college, and we were we were just nuts about dance music. And back okay. then, dance music worked out of it was all it was like a network of of record shops up and down the country, and uh, and so I was one of the. Kids Are you who, about the same age? I'm forty three. I'm born in seventy nine. And and uh, so you used to just like you, you. I was one of the kids who used to hang around the record store basically. And so our one, my dad at that point was living out in Southwest, like in uh, in near Kingston. So I used to hang out at this place, slamming vinyl. And if you stood there long enough, because it was a kind of cottage industry, you could meet everybody. So all the promoters would come in to sell their tickets. They you know they give their tickets and pick up their money. Is that like rough they, trade? They put in a no. bit more, even more yeah, kind of niche. Okay. To be honest with you, and then and then they'd come in and other guys would come and drop the flyers. The guys who, who would drive the vans, they'd bring the the vinyls round. So if you knew them, you could get you knew where you could get pressings to, so you you know you knew how to get access to the pressing plant so you knew the promoters the DJs would come in to pick up their records so you could meet the DJs you knew the promoters you could get to the pressing plant so you could pretty much get a handle on everything that you needed to get a handle on and one of my mates at school at college was like I'm going to be a DJ I was like sweet I'll be your manager and who then, was that? That was the audio, audio bullies. bullies, yeah, yeah. And then, and, then, and of course, like it doesn't. It wasn't did like, you put on club nights? And then we put on club nights. We did all of that stuff, and you know, had little studios, and 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 did you know, and ran around chasing G DJs around for three or four years, begging them to play our music, and it was you know, it was pretty brutal. You know, all of our, I was at that point, I just worked on. Um, then my stepmom, she. Um, she worked in films, and so I was, I was like a runner basically, you know, and and. Uh, 
And then I realised actually the, the security guys were earning way more money than <laughs> I was, and they were doing much less. So I was just, I just do the, you know, putting the cones out and all the rest of it for the wagons because I was just like, I had this up my eyes on the prize of of becoming this manager. And then, and then gradually, all the all our mates had gone off to uni. They started coming back, and that's when it starts to get a bit, you know, hot under the collar because everyone's like, is it not happening, boys? You know, and you're like, no, no, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> Well, it did, it did and happen. It, yeah, when, and then I got a job driving, I was in Ibiza. I got a job driving all the DJs for a club in Ibiza. And, um, and, and so I used, to put, I used to put these CDs, I used to make a CD of all the big hits of the day and then slip our ones in every third or fourth tune, basically. And they'd send, and then so when I was driving along, I'd like turn it up. And then by the end of the summer, a few of the DJs were like, what's that? And I'd give them a copy and one of the tunes blew up and we came Look at back. Look his and dad's face, just smiling so proud. proudly. Belling, dear. Belling. Belling. Of course you're belling, yeah. 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 Well, when's Gavin and Stacey being another one? <laughs> oh, please. Have we had enough of it? Uh, what, of Gavin and Stacey? Oh, yeah. no, 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 that's a major part of my life. sick of being l- asked life, that question. I, oh, sorry. You know, I think the chances of that happening again are James so... James is coming back. Well, yeah, I know, you know, but like that's. I'm sure they'll a, make a film of it. It's too. That'll yeah. be the next thing they do. Yeah, of course they will. It's the like London money. Abbey that's, kind of thing. That's oh, yeah. the logical thing to do. Yeah, it's true. You know, because to, to it's to put the whole thing together, to get everybody together, to write it. You know, you're talking at least like to to write it, get it approved, get it signed off, to start casting the people, figuring out where you're going to. That's two years, right? So, what are you working on now then? I'm, ed- I'm just working. I'm just working over. Uh, the, I wrote a novel during the during the COVID, and wow. um, and uh, so I finally, after a, a lot of messing around and time, like me me wasting time and not getting on with it quickly enough. But anyway, you know, because the next thing you've got to do once you've written a novel is you've got to get somebody who wants to publish it, and then you've got to get it all honed down to where it is a publishable commercial piece. And so I'm now working with an editor on an, uh, on an edit of the book to get it down to the kind of the what's, next level. What's it about? It's basically, I mean, it's based on my life. It, it's, it's, it's about a little film, a little film company that go off on a, on a project in the Caribbean and they just run into a, a lot of problems. It all goes wrong but they managed to get themselves out of it. And is this what happened to you? Sort of, of. sort of, yeah. I mean, years ago, I went on this job in the Caribbean with a great big international mini-series, as they used to call them, and, you know, we were drifting around the world for eight months and we finished up in the Caribbean, and indeed, there was a big political hoo-ha going on at the time and they had to load us on a plane and get us out of there. But so it's sort of loosely based on that, just the fact that something like that can happen and that it's out of your control. It's, so is writing quite a new thing for you then? No, I, I've, I've always written. I've written lots, you know, written lots of ideas and I, I never, I'd never got anything published until in 2010. I wrote an autobiography because George said, you know, you, everybody knows who you are now from Gavin and Stacey and East End, so you better start churning out some of those old stories you bored me to death with for the last 20 years and turn them into a book. So I did, and the book was a success. So that was the first time I'd written. And then I tried my hand at sort of trying to get a novel written, but I had no idea. So I just spent the next 10 years reading. George, have you read your dad's first draft? No, no. 
Yeah, I will. I will do definitely. <laughs> to be honest with you, it was more distracting. So my dad, my mum, when when COVID kicked off, my mum was living in the middle of nowhere, and the fun, and you remember at the beginning when everybody thought it was the Black Death and all the rest of it, and yeah. it was really heavy. Anyway, my I've been out for a run, <laughs> and I came back and I had about five missed calls, and uh, and and it was my mum, and she'd had a load of health scares, and I was like, oh fuck, has something gone wrong? So I ring, I'm slightly panicked. I ring her, and. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, Mum, what's going on? And she's just like, oh, God, it's so bad. I was like, what's happened? Did you get did you hear from the hospital? No, no, it's worse than that. I was just like, I'm like, Mum, 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 what's going on? What's going on? Finally, she's just like, your dad's called me. He's asked if he can come and isolate with me. <laughs> <laughs> now, bearing in mind, these two haven't lived in a house together for 35 years or whatever at this point, basically, right? So I said, what did you say? She's like, well, I've had to say yes, haven't I? Anyway, so Dad went, to, Dad went down how there many, to live there. How many months or years did you last? I'd gone to France straight away, and then I thought, hang on a minute, I'm going to be stuck out here with apps, and it was really tight there, the way they were controlled. It was nothing like here, it was all easy peasy here. You know, you had to go out with a piece of paper, all signed, dated, timed, and everything else, and if they caught you with it, it's 135 euros fine on the spot, and you better have it with you now. So they took it very seriously, and I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to run back to the UK and go out in the country at Linda's. Right, because they where, had a was big, it, where was she living then? In yeah. Herefordshire, like yeah. rural, rural, middle of nowhere, black They mountains. had a great big old caravan right at the back of the property, and I oh, thought, stop. I'll go and live there. <laughs> you can't live in the caravan. I can live in the caravan. Anyway, it was all sorted because across the road, a dear neighbour of hers had to go away to look after her dad, and so her house was there, and she needed somebody to look after it. So... I went and I it's went amazing the it. bits of it that you remember that actually yeah. is a story. So, so anyway, <laughs> I'm ringing. I'm ringing. He didn't. He he lived in the house with my mum. Yeah, At eventually, the end I did. Eventually, eventually, you went across the road, right? But she was ringing me every day, and she's just like, "I need to get this guy out of here." <laughs> and and he's ringing me, going, "This is amazing. It's such a good vibe." And I'm thinking, and I could hear in my mum's voice it was serious, you know. And I was like, "What can I do to get him out of the house?" I was like, "Dad, you know what? I think it'd be an amazing opportunity for you now. But you, this is the time to write your novel." And he was like, "Yeah, you know what? Actually, I think you're right." Anyway. He, he, like off he went up to and then he did go up and he went in the he went in the caravan every day and he wrote his book because when he, he's got incredible discipline dad so he went and just got there and gradually things got better but by the time and then although it was still quite fraught so I went down there about around the time you know when what's his face went up to Durham or whatever yeah and, oh, and uh, Cummings yeah 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 so you like it's like should we travel not travel but I was like I Barnard need to do Castle. I, 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 Barnard yeah. Castle I need to do Dominic. a bit of a UN you know NATO kind of vibe basically so I went down to, to make sure everything was alright I got there my mum was totally ashen she looked terrible and uh and uh, and then and then she was having like problems with her heart, so we ended up she ended up we ended up getting an ambulance out, and then Dad, who was like his leg was knackered at the time, he, he hobbled down, he hobbled down from the caravan, and he was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Mum's had a heart attack, and you're leaving. That's what's going on, basically." So then that was the end of that. But yeah. by that point, you heard of people getting married again the second time, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. we got divorced again. The second <laughs> time. Does anybody want to eat anything? Oh, yes, yes, please. We'd yes. love to eat something. Yeah. Um, so I've done Ooh, some lamb meatballs right. with um, sweet potato, Clarissa, yeah. and wow. Jessie's done a herb oh, salad. Oh, my sister, green herb salad. And then this is mum's little one that we. Uh, my sister lives in Los Angeles, and there's an amazing. Um, Called Middle Safi. Eastern uh, restaurant and called Safi's. Roasted onions lovely. with, with chicory and like a citrus dressing onion. with walnuts. This is delicious. Isn't it? Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. 
pleasure. What a treat. There's loads more meatballs. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow, stop it. Do you like pudding? We yeah. haven't really talked about food that much, actually. We need to talk about food a little bit. So, starter, Larry, what would be in your dream last supper? Half a dozen really, really good, really good fresh oysters. Do you get good ones? Where do you, where do you get yeah, yours? No, Normandy's good. There's yeah. a big, big... Are they big... fat ones? Because I can't deal with the two biggie ones. It depends. It depends. It's the time of the year. That's what it's all oh, about. Really? The time. Yeah, well, they're, sometimes they're full of eggs. And they're full of sperm. So, like, you know, take your, take your choice. What do you want? But, but so it's the time of the year you get, you know, the, and that's why, you know, at certain times of year you it's don't, that you don't need them. butter pudding and it's yeah, all just I mean. feeling that's quite it. It's like if you want a mouthful of brill cream, that's go. Oh, wow, Larry, I love you. You're filthy. Brilliant. Come on. But anyway, okay. yeah, half a dozen really good, really fresh oysters. And what, what do you have it? Just lemon nothing, or are you going to have... Nothing. Oh. Open them Savage. up and just sure eat them the way the French do. Rip them off the rocks, bust them open and eat them. They don't need anything at all. It's all a I lot of bollocks. I definitely would have some shallots with a little bit no. of no. vinegar and anything yeah. all the rest of it. Yeah, I've got that's one spoon. All you're doing is you're tasting I've never thought about an oyster having sperm don't, in it. Please and now don't. I don't know if I'm going to... Could you think you can ask for not, the, the, the girl ones? you that. Um, okay, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, that's your starter. What's your starter, George? Uh, he's much more of a foodie, he is. Are you a foodie? Yeah, because yeah, of his mum. His mum's yeah, an amazing cook. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. What was the best meal that she used to give you when you were younger, or she does now? Oh, do you know what, actually? It would be only be... Well, I, I'm going to go all quite old school for my ones, because I think if you were... Uh, like if you're having your last meal, you want to think about your life and all the people who've been in it and the... Granny soup. Yeah, exactly, basically. So my granny, mm. no word of a lie, every single day of her life, she had soup, yeah? And the first thing she said when you when you, when you came in her house, whatever whatever she, you know, obviously maybe not first thing in the morning, but like after you midday, you want, would you like a wee bit of soup? A wee bit of soup? Would you like yeah, a wee bit best. of soup? What was this soup? Oh. Any soup, all soups, soup. but just like that's a 
that serious mixed vegetable soup that, that was just... Lentil soups, mixed vegetable soups, but it's just more specifically my granny soup. It doesn't really matter which one it was, the tomato one, the, 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 the watercress one, whatever. Yeah. Just I love one that. One of hers. Yeah. And I would have that as well if I couldn't have the oysters. Yeah. 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 Okay, so that is the starter. What is your mum's favourite meal that she cooks for you? Well, she used to, and your your ex-wife, you know, what what was your favourite meal that she used to cook? It's just, it's the way she does it, rather than um, what she's actually cooking. Yeah, right. She's just, just, whatever she makes, it's just got a finesse about it. Well, how was it in COVID time? Because she obviously was cooking for you, she I guess. Co- that's basically what that was, was going that's on. That's what sent her Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that right. was, yeah. I was cooking for her as well. I would say, okay, I'm going to get get some beef and cook it on the grill outside. And she would say, all right, all right, all right, all right. So your mum is just a great cook, but you can't really pinpoint one meal that she used to make. Actually, the first thing I like that she makes is salads. Oh, really? Yeah. And she'll just make the salad and it'll just, it just has, it just goes on and on and on. And there'll be like, you know, like everything. She was into like, you know, flaking and shaving and oh, yeah. making up like pangratata and just doing, you know, so there's just all just layers and layers going through this thing that takes hours to make the salad. But it's, yeah. but, but then when you look at it, you don't think it's much, but then when you eat it, you're like, oh, Delicious. Wow. Yeah, and the eggs you, are just right. Would you agree with that? Oh, Harry? she's just the most fabulous cook. Fabulous. Fabulous. And all that, that care that she takes. Mm. I, you know, open the fridge, see what's in there. Pull some of it out, chuck it in a bowl, and eat it. He's That's mainly it. he's kind of fuel guy, basically. Yeah, I'm no. fuel. Mm-hmm. What's the best dish you cook if you're if you're doing a dinner party? Or do you, you know just what, know actually? where to eat? No, no, no. I, I love cooking. Uh, I like making vongole. Vongole is probably up there in my all-time. You can make list. it. I've, I've never tried. I've never tried because I'm quite intimidated by no, it. No, you've got to do it. It's not that complicated. Really? I've really mastered pasta in the in the. In make, the in did the you lockdown. make your own pasta? No, but that is in just, just how to get the how to get the glisten on the with the, you know. the pasta water, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and also, and it's about the the the, the about 20, 30 seconds of the bash around at the mo- at the at the beginning, so you get a load of the water in there. But then, but then you move the pasta around with it, and it's it's the I don't know whether it's the gluten releasing or whatever it is, but that's how you create that kind of it binds, and then, and it takes the the glisten and the sauce onto the pasta rather than it just being around the pasta. Yeah. Anyway, that or how we got into business with, with Dave and Jeremy from Jolene. Jolene's was, a restaurant um, that lots of our listeners will know. But it's in Stokey. Would you say it's Stokey? It's Stokey. It's Stokey. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's fabulous. Yeah, is it a, near Rand? Yeah, and they've got Premier and they've got Western Yeah, Zandre. so they had this restaurant called Premier, which was really, really cool. And I was going there a lot and sitting at the bar and the guys, the two guys who ran it, one was cooking, one was in the front. And he was telling me, it was the first time I'd come across natural wines and I was, you know, I was just trying them and all, all the rest of it. And, and, uh, and he was explaining this whole story. And as the story was unfolding, I realised that if you swapped out he, he, the word grape for grain... The story he was telling me there about these natural grapes was very, like, pretty much the same story as my mate Andy was doing with this natural grain over in France. And we're chatting, and I was like, wow, you've got, to, you've got to come and meet my mate Andy. Like, you know, it's basically the same thing you guys are doing with natural wine. Anyway, they came over with a kind of loose idea of maybe we'd do a bakery together. And, uh, and David, who's the chef, went out, into the, went out into one of the silos on the farm and got a load of uh, spelt. And brought the spelt back in, and he made this spelt risotto. It was 
Unbelievable. It's the best spell. It's the best thing. One of the best things I've ever put in my mouth. Wow. We pretty much, Andy reached across the dinner table and was like, right, we're in business, boys. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever you want to do, we're doing but it. I reckon you could make any risotto out of any grain. Yes, you can. Because Jack Monroe made it out of porridge, didn't she? Yeah. That was lovely. Yeah. She's something she is, isn't she? Amazing. Eh? It was delicious, and I make that subsequent. So if people come around, I'll make it. You yeah, do a spelt yeah. risotto. Yeah. What's your what's toppings? It? Like, what's it's your... just got loads of, I mean, it's got a ridiculous amount of Parmesan cheese in it, basically. But but, but that um, makes it. it does, baby, really. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah. You can say it's a load of other things. Do you There's put quite wine a bit of wine in, as well? in there. Yeah. yeah, quite a bit of wine, load of onions. Can't really go wrong. And loads of Parmesan cheese and loads of butter. And it's weirdly, it's delicious. And we've got this amazing, I've got this really nice uh, vinegar that I put in just to balance it, kind of thing. Which vinegar? I'll send you a picture. I can't remember what it's called. It's the secret ingredient for it's a mate of mine. It's not a sherry vinegar. Yeah, kind that, of. Because that's when I went to Jolene and I had yeah, their yeah, yeah, salt yeah, yeah, and yeah, vinegar yeah, yeah. potatoes. Yes, there you go, it's that. It's that. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, it's the ones that I make, yeah. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Great. Um, what's your party dish? Well, he's got two dishes. Which one do you want? All right, both. What's the first one? What's the first one? What do we eat exclusively for 20 years? <laughs> 20 years. Well, my old mate, Brizio, we finished a long job together and he came to England with me because our only means of communication was French. He's from Rome and I'm from London. And do you so speak he, good French? Yeah, not bad. Okay. Not bad. A lot better now than I did then. Okay. And uh, so he taught me how to make about four or five standard sugos, as he calls them, you know, dressings for, for, for pasta, because that was always his job. Mm. Sauce. Sugo, yeah, the sauce. And um, so the one that I started to make that the kids all liked and still like now is just just a plain tomato sauce. That's it. Pasta red. It's banging. It's Pasta quite, red. It's, Come a, on. it's quite similar to, to the sauce that was on there. Yeah. So yeah. give us your recipe. It's got no onions in it. Has it got onions well, yeah, yeah, in it? Yeah, oh, it yeah, has. Yeah. Okay. You, just, uh, you take it, depending on how much you're going to make, but you take, say, a, 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 a decent side onion and you cut it down across ways until you've got it as small as you can. Mm. And then you basically... You, you dissolve that onion in hot olive oil or mix a bit of lighter oil in with it and just until it makes a, a safrata, is it? Or is that they call it when it's... Safrita. Safrita. Yeah. So when it's like, when it's all see-through and it doesn't, it hasn't at all... So no celery, candied, no, no carrot. Nothing. Just, nothing. Tomo- um, just onion. And then okay. I just put salt and sugar to taste because if not, it's just tomato. So, and you know... No garlic. A, no garlic. No nothing. Salt. And sugar. But That's a long it. time, long yeah. time. Yeah, cook it a long time. A yeah, long but it's time. got onion, remember? Yeah. Because yeah. that yeah. was made without onion, that one. Really? It was just was it? garlic, it yeah. It was banging. Um, it's lovely. So, and what's your other dish that you made? Well, I suppose, you know, like c- cooking like cooking on a grill, cooking yeah, a, my a, like a spatchcock chicken or a, or a rib of beef. Does it? Do you really? do a whole rib of beef on the yeah, beef? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is better. The spatchcock's a bit dry. Yeah, well, it depends. I've got people Sound who think like it's the best in the world, so please, all right? <laughs> yeah. But, but, but the rib of beef's a hit every time. Yeah, I know, but I've learned how to do okay. the, all right? All right, fine. <laughs> no, no, this Louise, is what Jessie does. Jessie will go, right? it's really lovely, Mum, but yeah. there's always, I should have, what should I have done today? Yeah. I could have had a tiny bit more salt, but it was beautiful. Eloise and her boyfriend was round. He sat there and ate that chicken, right? And I've got it so I can get the breast all lovely and moist. And he sat there and said, he'd never, ever in his entire life eaten anything like it. There you go. Is that what he said? Who's Eloise? That's what he said. Uh, My my daughter, my eldest, 
And the boyfriend. And the boyfriend. He's trying to impress you, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sure it is delicious, but he's probably going to ask for her hand in marriage very soon and needs to butter you up, mate. So, mains. Your own... And what would I like? Yes. What would I like? Yeah. You're going on a desert island. Well, it depends what you can get, but, you know... No, forget it. Just like, you can get anything you want. Yeah, yeah, anything you want. Don't be too literal. I don't know. I don't know. I have the... Like, I love all sorts of things. I tell you what I did have once, and I used to get it a lot in Madrid when I was there in 85 and there was a really wonderful re- a restaurant there and their special their speciality was a a young a beef between a calf a veal and on its way to being a you know a semi yeah. animal so you get this the meat is just extraordinary and they would cook a chop from that which is probably a pound and a half and they would serve it on a hot terracotta mm. plate. And it was just, just phenomenal. If you're into meat, that was like the, the, the stage in its development. That was the way to eat that. So, yeah, I'd probably go for that. Okay. And George, what would yours be? Really good vongolet, probably. The vongolet. Yeah. Your own vongolet? No, no, I don't, I don't want to cook my last meal. Where's, where's, where's <laughs> your favourite place to get vongolet? Venice is the best place to get vongolet. Do you reckon? Do you think? Yeah. I don't know. Bongole. I don't know where it is. You have to take a mortgage out to buy it there, then. No, you know, you've got to know where you go. You've got, you well, don't, I need you know, to just know. Just go, go away, go away from where all the tourists are. And that is not difficult. What are we doing for pudding? Big pudding person? Something like that, very definitely. Bread pudding? Know. Bread pudding was a thing my, yeah, my nan made. and that's thing. A, is it's it different to bread and butter? It's brown, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally it? different. It's more like a cake. So, yeah, maybe that. Yeah, maybe bread pudding okay. with custard, a really good custard on it, a proper custard. What, like a bird's custard? Or you no, want no, like a proper criminal Proper made, you know, proper made custard. Okay, fine. What's great, you, love darling? it. What are you doing? Uh, uh, pistachio ice cream. Love pistachio. There's a good one. I think they've got Where? them down here. Adonos. Do you know no. them? It's really good. I bet Is they've got one down here. It's a gelato, gelato. Where have they, where have they They've got, got about half a dozen around London. And I have it, I go everywhere and try the pistachio and nowhere's beating it thus far. Have you tried olive oil on your pistachio ice cream? Yeah, it's a good vibe. Michael McIntyre told us about really? that. Really? Right, okay. Yeah. I made olive oil ice cream. You've, oh, well, olive oil ice cream is delicious, but yeah. olive oil on his pistachio, oh, he said it was it a game changer when he was on oh, holiday. Oh, they do, and in Braun, they do this amazing ra- uh, rhubarb frangipani tart, actually, that with creme fraiche. Mm. Oh, you know what the best pudding is? Go on. No Boisjolies. Yeah, yeah. Tarte yeah. yeah, that is pretty What's good. What's that? The Got farmer lady that lives next to me in Normandy, yeah. where in that area, farmers... Ladies there who fancy themselves as cooks, they're judged on their tart or bum, their really? apple tart. Yeah. And it's just an open tart. And his mum was so impressed when she first tasted it, she got the recipe and she still makes her tarts now. Noel used to make these pork chops. I don't eat a lot of meat, but she used Ooh. to make these pork chops with apple that was just bananas. That was that was going to be a, that was a close runner for my main. Vongolet or yeah. Noel's yeah, pork yeah, yeah, chops. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine yeah. Noel's featuring heavily at yeah, the moment. Yeah, yeah. But, but her tart au bum, that would be my that would be my last. Dessert. Does she put calvados on it? No, she no. doesn't put calvados in it. It's just the the right. She just the, the magic. No, she doesn't put any of that. On Where's it. the apples from? What's the from their, their own apples? Yeah. Yeah. That whole area is all apples. Yeah, basically. it's apples there. That's yeah, what, Normandy's you know. apples, yeah. isn't it? That's why there's Calvados. Yes. That's it. Before we let you go, 
We just need to ask what actually... to stay forever. I know, this has been really <laughs> yeah. interesting. I'm very happy to stay forever. Yeah, exactly. Just keep making like that. You'll have no yeah. problem, yeah. Um, but um, do you think you've got good table manners? Uh, not particularly. Um, yeah, I'm sort of... I, I, if George is around or his mum's around, I, I do, I do try and keep hard. my feet out of the trough. And, uh, yeah, so... What well, can't you stand in somebody else when they're at the dinner table that they do wrong? I can't stand people going... <laughs> like, 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 well, I might have done open. that because I've got a cold. No, you didn't. You, <laughs> okay, didn't. you didn't. Don't worry, I'd have pulled you up on it. All right. But, uh, <laughs> and Mum likes to finish the chat with a do final you, do request. Do you like karaoke? Do I like karaoke? Sounds a bit trite <laughs> after all we've talked about. I know, but you've got to do it, Mum. Do you ever... If you had to sing karaoke, what would be your song? Right. I, I, you know what? It probably sounds a little bit weird. I'm not really much of a performer. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You are, that's, oh. like me, that, that's like you telling oh, me I'm... He's not really. But it's he like you be, telling me I'm an, I'm, not, uh, I'm an introvert, really. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he's not, actually. He's not. He's, I actually make he you was right on there. Strictly. Yeah, but it's yeah, but it's but it's not uh, like he's not a real sh- like showman. All right, it doesn't matter. You're at the but end he, of but he, a but rap he would, party. But he would. Well, if he would do anything, he yeah. would do Albert and the Lion, which is a Lancastrian oh, I love poem. That. Yeah. You don't even know what it is. Jesse, it was Albert and the no, Lion. Sorry. About There's a famous seaside town called Blackpool that's noted for fresh air and fun. That Mr. and Mrs. Ramsbottom went there with young Albert, their son. A grand little lad with young Albert, all dressed in his best, quite a swell, with a stick, with an horse's head handle, the finest that Woolworths could sell. Now, they didn't think much to the sea there. The waves were all middling and small, and there were no wrecks. Nobody drowned in nothing to laugh at at all. So, seeking for further amusement, they paid and went into the zoo, where they had lions and tigers and camels, and old ale and cheese sandwiches too. There was one great big lion there called Wallace. His nose were all covered with scars. And he lay in a somnolent posture with a side of his head on the bars. Well, this didn't seem right to young Albert. He'd heard lions was ferocious and wild. And to see Wallace lying so peaceful, it just didn't seem right to the child. So straightway, the brave little fella, without showing a morsel of fear, took his stick with the horse's head handle and shoved it in Wallace's ear. Well, you could see that the lion didn't like it, but given a kind of a roll, he pulled Albert inside the cage with him, and he swallowed the little lad whole. <coughs> now, Pa, who'd seen the occurrence, just didn't know what to do next, said Mother. Yon lion said Albert, and Mother said, Ee, I am vexed. So Mr and Mrs Ramsbottom, quite right when all said and done, they went to the animal keeper, to tell him the lion had eaten their son. Well, the keeper was quite nice about it. He said, oh, what a nasty mishap. Are you sure that it's your boy he's eaten? Pa said, am I sure? Here's his cap. Well, the manager had to be called for. He came and he said, what's to do? Pa said, yon lion's eaten Albert, and him and his son do best too. Said, mother, right, it's right, young fella. I think it's a shame and a sin for a lion to go and eat Albert, and after we've paid to come in... Well, the manager wanted no trouble. He took out his purse straight away. He said, how much to settle the matter? Pa said, how much do you usually pay? At that, mother got quite excited. was right when all's dead and done. She said, somebody's got to be summonsed. So that were deciding upon. So they went straight round to the police station in front of the magistrate chap, and they told him of the lion-eating Albert, and to prove it, they showed him his cap. 
Well, the magistrate gave his opinion. He said, I see there's really no one to blame. Mr. and Mrs. Ramsbottom can still add further sons to their name. And that mother got proper blazing. Oh, thank you, sir, kindly, said she. What, spend all my life raising children to feed ruddy lions? Not me. <laughs> now, you've heard how young Albert Ramsbottom in the zoo up at Blackpool one year with a stick with the horse's head handle give a lion a poke in the ear and the name of the lion was Wallace and the poke in the ear made him wild and before you could say Bob's your uncle he'd opt and he'd swallow the child, well, he was sorry the moment he'd done it. For with children he'd always been chums and besides he'd no teeth in his nozzle and he couldn't chew Albert on gums. <laughs> He could feel the lad kicking inside him as he lay on his bed of dried ferns and it might have been little lad's birthday he wished him such happy returns. But Albert kept kicking and fighting till Wallace arose feeling bad and he thought it were time that he started to stage a comeback for the lad. So, putting his head down in a corner, on his front paws he started to walk and he coughed and he sneezed and he gargled till Albert shot out like a cork. <laughs> and old Wallace felt better directly. And his figure once more became lean. And the only difference with young Albert was his face and his hands was quite clean. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr and Mrs Ramsbottom had gone home for their tea, feeling blue. Mother said, hey, I feel right down in the mouth, like. The father said, oh, I bet Albert does too. Said, Mother, it just goes to show you, the future's never revealed. If I'd thought we were going to lose him, I'd not had his boots sold and healed. Well, look. Let's look on the bright side, said Father. What cannot be helped must be endured. Every cloud has a silvery lining. And we did have young Albert insured. Well, a lock and knock at the door came that moment, as Father, these kind words did speak, was a young man from the Prudential. He'd call for their per tuppence, per person, per week. Well, when Pa saw who'd been knocking, he laughed and he kept laughing so that the young man said, what's it to laugh at? And Pa said, I, you're laughing all when you know. Excuse him for laughing, said Mother. But really, things happen so strange. Our Albert's been ate by a lion. You've got to pay us for a change. Said the young man from the Prudential, come, come, let's understand this. You don't mean to say that you've lost him. And Ma said, oh, no, no, we know where he is. Well, when the young man had heard all the details, a purse from his pocket he drew, and he paid them with interest and bonus the sum of nine pounds, four and two. <laughs> And Pa had scarce got his hands on the money when a face at the window they see. And Mother said, hey, look, it's Albert! And Father said, aye, it would be. The young lad came in all excited and started his story to give. And Father said, I'll never trust lines again as long as I live. Well, the young man from the Prudential to pick up the money began. And Father said, hey, just a moment. Don't be in such a hurry, young man. And giving young Albert a shilling, he said, here, pop off back to the zoo. There's the sick with the horse's head handle. Go and see what the tigers can do. <laughs> brilliant. Love it. Thank Have you, you for recorded that, that for... Yep you now. should. Yep now. <laughs> that was... now. Thank you. Hey, not at all. Pleasure. It's lovely. It's lovely. Good northern accent. Yes. Well, it's all right. It's no, a quite, very good. Oh, it's like all, it, it's, it, for a southerner, it's all right. Especially because you know we've been... Jesse's favourite place used to be Blackpool. Did it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, bet. that was great. Yeah. I want my Brilliant. kids to listen you know, to that. I'll tell you something. I did that, who do you think? Or they did, who do you think you are? Yeah. And they went down the line from my adopted mother and they traced us all down to a family of menagerie owners and my great-great-uncles were lion tamers. Oh my Stop! God. And do you know who their number one lion was in their act? Wallace. Wallace. Shut up! 
That's amazing. I know. Tell me about it. That poem has been a part of my life. That was what I did as an audition to it become be a professional children. actor. Do you remember it used to be on... It, uh, in, Stanley it was, Holloway. Yeah, yeah, it Stanley was his, Holloway. It was his, and it was it was his, his number. The, yeah. And there used to be a children's favourites. Do you remember children's yeah, favourites? Oh, you had pink toothbrush, I'm yeah. a blue toothbrush, Nelly the elephant. Yeah. And they often had Albert, Albert and the lion. Lion. How many have you heard that? that, was, that was, I used to make him do it all there. Again, oh, again, it's again, again, amazing. Again, again. It's fabulous. Thank you so much for being Thank on Table Manners. It's, it's been inspiring, educational. Yeah, we've loved it. Such a pleasure. And you had second helpings. Yeah. <laughs> Which we love people goes down with good well. appetites. Exactly. You've got to have people with a good appetite. So, so if people want to try your bread, the flour, your flour in... Well, no, your bread. If well, you, the flour. Whatever, whatever. The, I don't if know they, how if they want to support a farming system, yes. which is sorting out the environment and makes much healthier food yeah. for them, then they should go on our website, which is wildfarm.co.uk, and they'll be able to find a stockist near them. Uh, and there's they're in 500 Marks and Spencer stores up and down the country, so there's definitely yeah. one of them that won't be too far from you. Um, and there's a couple of places you can get it online um, if you want to get the flour yourself and, and start working with it. And yeah, and, and various restaurants around London. Everywhere, everywhere. All the all the stockists are online. So yeah. Thank you so much, Larry and George Lamb, for coming over and um, and teaching us a thing or two Thank about you. lions and Lovely. flour and farming. Thank, Thank you. you very much, ladies. That was wicked Thank fun. You. Thank you. That was great. loved that conversation it was such good fun and so interesting and so motivating yeah i kind of feel like we've got our very own tony robbins in a george lamb he is also so charismatic he's lovely and they were just such albert and the lion i loved i never i grew up with that i loved it um it was a really wonderful couple of hours we could have kept on chatting I mean we barely kind of talked I feel like we barely talked about food because there was so much more to talk about um well, it was all about food darling I know but I think you we take gen- George we, Lamb yeah. if you knew of him in the noughties was this you know star on the telly but obviously so unfulfilled and has found this amazing calling and is doing so much important work and we think he should start his own bloody political party or whatever. Absolutely. He was... One of the cat's here again. Yeah, the cat lives with you, Mum. Darling, but he doesn't need attention all the time. I want stroking all the time, Prince. <laughs> Poor Prince. Uh, thank you so much to George Lamb and Larry Lamb for coming over, eating seconds of both courses. They enjoyed I think. the food. They loved it. It worked all right, didn't it? Absolutely. Um, thank you for cooking. Is it me up for cooking next? Am I doing it next? I don't know which. I'm lost track. If you want to learn about Grow or Wild Farmed, we've got the links in the notes. Go and check it out. It was such such an interesting lunch. Uh, we'll see you next week. Be well. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.